The following is a paid podcast from Prudential. Welcome to Wealth Wits, a podcast about money made exactly for you. I'm Faith Saley. So you're a vigilant stockpiler, and you're in your 40s. I've learned a lot lately about what it's like to be a vigilant stockpiler in your 40s, and I'm here to share that information with you. Let's start with the stockpiler part. I went out and asked some vigilant stockpilers about their finances. Here's what they had to say about money. I feel more prepared when I have more money. I think if I had more money, I'd be less stressed. I have no debt. I've never had any debt. So I've always been very responsible of making sure that that was taken care of. I am feeling worried about money, but also I feel like the worrying is almost like a muscle. Okay, so what did I learn about your financial behavior type? You love watching your bank balance grow. You find comfort in knowing that your expenses are covered. It feels safe to know exactly how much you have. I met one vigilant stockpiler who had developed an incredibly thorough system for managing her money. I am in awe of her. Here's Denise. My name is Denise. My budgeting system is a very intricate, almost psycho system of envelopes filled with cash. Each envelope is marked for something that I either want or need to save money for and I will dole out to these really dog-eared envelopes. This is my way of, I guess, calming myself down and realizing, you know, I have enough. It took a while to um, allow myself to let go. I have learned, it has taken some time, but yeah, let go of some of the cash, buy some things, and, and it will come back. I had never heard of anyone managing money the way that Denise does, but it makes sense for her, especially because it helps her manage her anxiety around her finances. Well, you may not exhibit the same behavior as Denise, you are both vigilant stockpilers. I was curious what a financial expert would say about her money management system, or a psychologist. So I turned to a financial psychologist, Dr. Brad Klontz. Let's talk about Denise. She seems pretty sanguine about the way her system works for her. So what advice would you have for her? I actually love the envelope approach for several reasons. Like, number one, it's, it's a great budgeting approach. Number two, it's so tactile. You're actually touching money. You're putting it in envelopes. That actually generates feelings of euphoria. So when Denise talks about that, I'm reminded of all the research that's been done where when you're touching cash you feel happier, Mm. you feel stronger, and you actually feel more resistant to pain. And the great thing about that approach too is it's, you can actually see that pile diminish as you're spending. You pretty much approve of of Denise's approach to money. It seems to be working for her. Do you have any advice, anything you'd suggest for her? You know, I think Denise might have some risks because, you know, her her passion for the system is, is, um, it's it's a powerful passion. It's a system that's been working. Um, You know, I wonder what, what would happen um, if she was to hate to bring up this subject, but if she got into a relationship mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, relationships, that's where we actually have the, the biggest struggle around money. It's also one of the most um, powerful opportunities for you to actually examine your relationship with money. 
Uh, because unless she found someone who did it exactly the way she did, there's probably going to be some tension into how do we do money together as a, as a household. What are the benefits or opportunities of falling into this behavior type? Well, the benefits to being um, very vigilant is that anxiety around money leads you to be quite prudent. There's a lot of benefit to having some anxiety about the future. Um, you know, it, it's the squirrel who knows that winter's coming and there's not going to be a lot of nuts that um, collects them and saves them. And so if you don't have some sort of anxiety around not having enough in the future, you're very unlikely to save. So it does inspire saving. Yeah, and we keep hearing about the importance of having, you know, an emergency fund. So a vigilant stockpiler, you know, he or she is ready for that emergency. Right, and so they're anticipating it. They realize it might happen. How can a vigilant stockpiler create a healthy financial process? Well, I think part of it is that recognizing that this intense anxiety have, you have about money, it makes total absolute sense. Uh, because there is something that's happened in your past or your parents' past or grandparents' past that has hardwired this in your brain. You know, it, it brings to mind um, that classic Dickens character, Ebenezer Scrooge. Um, and not to say that they're bitter and angry <laughs> individuals, but there's so much anxiety about not having enough. Um, and actually the first book I wrote was The Financial Wisdom of Ebenezer Scrooge. And there's enough information in the story that we realized that he grew up very poor, he had intense anxiety about not having enough money, and he became in essence a money hoarder. But let's remember at the end of A Christmas Carol, it's a happy ending, right? Even Ebenezer Scrooge can have a change of heart. That's absolutely correct. You're, it's never too late to change. Thank you so much for talking with us. It was, it was really a pleasure. You're very welcome. Thank you for um, giving me the opportunity. My conversation with Dr. Klontz got me really interested in the idea of financial psychology. What does financial wellness mean for a vigilant stockpiler? To answer this question, I turned to another financial therapist, Amanda Clayman. Here's what she told me. This is a, a financial behavior that is all about trying to feel safe by holding on. Among your clients who fall into the vigilant stockpiler type, what kinds of financial behaviors do you see them engaging in? There's often a, a preoccupation with the future. If I just do all of these things now um, to save, I can defer and defer and defer. And I always think of this, by the way, when I look at how many miles that I've collected on my airlines, like. You know, I might have 500,000 miles on on one airline and I'm, I'm it's always someday in the future I'm going to buy business, you know, I'm going to use it for business class tickets for my entire family to go on safari. But but when am I ever going to do that? Yeah, money needs a direction. So if we're we're saving, we have to think about what we are saving for. Okay, so let's recap what we've heard. First, don't forget to indulge. You're great about saving money for the long term. Now you also need to make sure you're using your money for the present. Maybe make a point of doing something nice for yourself once a week. That's what your money's for. Or if it feels more comfortable to you, create a slush fund for yourself. A savings account only for fun. Use it for that vacation you've been meaning to take or that new TV you've been wanting. And remember, money needs a direction. Keep in mind what it is exactly you're saving for. Setting goals will help make your saving purposeful.
So we've heard what it's like to manage money as a vigilant stockpiler, but to get the full picture of your financial situation, we also have to think about your current stage of life. What's unique about being in your 40s? What might be some of the challenges in front of you? And, and what about the opportunities? Out in the world, I also ask people what it's like to manage money as a 40-something. And here's what I heard. It creeps up on you and the older you get, the faster life goes. At 42, when you look around and you see everybody else that you grew up with and went to school with, and they're married with kids and they're going on vacations. Being in my 40s, I feel like I have a bit more um, wisdom and background, and I, I know how to build a support system when necessary. Okay, so as a 40-something, you're in a phase of preparation. You might be reaching the height of your career, and all of a sudden, retirement doesn't feel so far away. How do you decide where your money should go? Retirement? Caring for an aging parent? If you have kids, saving for their college fund? Experts call the 40s the sandwich years, where you're pressed between lots of different priorities. I spoke with one couple in their 40s who is in exactly this situation. They know that they need to save for retirement, but they're also thinking about paying for their aging parents' medical bills. My name is Shannon, 40 years old. My name is Jeff. I'm 45. Unfortunately, my parents didn't really plan ahead. That is definitely a concern. We both have moms that could be in much better health. And it, it is. It's something I try not to think about on a daily basis, but it's always in the peripheral, knowing that something could happen. And what would that mean if we had to step up to the plate? Could we do that without putting ourselves at great financial risk? Again, I wanted to talk to a financial expert to hear what advice they would give to Shannon and Jeff or someone similarly sandwiched between financial priorities. I reached out to Kimberly Palmer, a financial journalist. Kimberly writes a lot about money management for parents. But whether you have kids or not, whether you have aging parents or not, she's got tons of good advice for 40-somethings. Here's Kimberly. I want to ask you about Shannon and Jeff. They both have parents that they're having to care for. What advice do you have for them? Yeah, it's so hard. I think they really represent kind of the classic squeeze that we so often see happen in, in our 40s. And I think the most important thing for them to think about is to not forget about supporting themselves first. They have to prioritize saving for their own retirements, their own even just simple short-term savings for things they might need. And then after you've taken care of yourself in that way, you can see what you can do to help your parents. What are the opportunities for 40-somethings? I'll, I'll use the word you like to use. What's fun What's about fun? being in your 40s when it comes to money? Hopefully, you know, if things have gone well, you are still working and feel like you could continue working for another 20 years or maybe increasingly, even indefinitely. What are the big decisions that a lot of 40-somethings have to make when it comes to money? A lot of times, we 40-somethings are still choosing between these big priorities. So how much money are you going to be putting into retirement? Are you maxing out those savings already? If so, maybe then you can start putting more money into the college savings account. What are crises that 40-somethings might have to deal with in this decade? 
The biggest one that I heard about from my interviews with with moms um, is that they are often thrust into a caregiving role that they didn't expect or plan for. And that suddenly puts so much pressure on their work lives. That is the biggest crisis that often comes up. At what point should people be doing estate planning? Should that be coming up for people in their 40s? Yeah. I mean, estate planning includes things like writing a will, appointing guardians for your kids. I mean, that should be done at least when you have children that you are responsible for. Kimberly, I have a confession. I may or may not have a will. You need to write one tonight. (laughs) Okay. All I really care about is that my friend April gets all my diaries. (laughs) Kimberly, thank you so much. I I really love talking to you, and I I learned a lot. Thank you so much, Faith. It was great talking with you. Okay, so what did we learn from Kimberly? First, as a 40-something, even if you're tempted to prioritize other people's needs, you have to think about taking care of yourself first. This means saving for retirement. Take a look at your family members and think about whether you might be put in a caregiving role in the future if you aren't already. If that's a possibility, can you start having those conversations now? Think about whether there are steps you can take so that you're prepared to be in that position. And of course, do your estate planning. Write your will. Last of all, we want everyone to know that if you've made mistakes or been out of balance with your financial choices, there's no shame in it. Every financial expert stresses that it's never too late. (sighs) You can make meaningful changes starting today. So whatever you do or however you feel about money, no matter what age you are or behavior type you fall into, it's okay. You just need to be aware of the kind of person you are when it comes to your finances so you can grow. And more importantly, be happy. That's all for this episode of Wealth Wits. Special thanks to our guests, Dr. Brad Klontz, Amanda Clayman, and Kimberly Palmer. And special thanks to Denise, Shannon, and Jeff for sharing their stories. If you want to learn about money matters at other stages of life, or if you're curious about other financial behavior types, check out slate.com slash explorewealthwits. You can also subscribe to the entire series wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the show, why not let people know by leaving us a good review? I'm Faith Saley. Thanks so much for joining us.